Occasional podcast about Call of Cthulhu, horror films, and horror gaming in general. I'm Paul Fricker. I'm Scott Dalwood. And I'm Matt Sanderson. And tonight's topic is... Da, 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 da. Combat. Alright. In such a lacklustre way. <laughs> <laughs> what the... It's, it's, kind of, it's a kind of gentlemanly yeah, combat. Yes, the, the, uh, combat is dramatic enough without having to put an exclamation mark after it. Oh. Yeah. I was expecting yeah. thump, crash, wallop, pow, lots of Batman's <laughs> imagery the, here. The, the, the only <laughs> punctuation that, that combat needs is the occasional whack of a fist on a jaw. Uh, yeah, I was going to say fist through a player's face. Or character's face, character, getting it wrong again, <laughs> character. Yes, yeah. Brazilian rules, kill the player, kill the character. So how come it crops up so much in Call of Cthulhu games? Well, I think the main reason it does is because role playing came out of uh, came out of um, uh, miniature wargaming. Yeah, that too. But came mm. out of miniature wargaming. You know, the, the whole thing was initially predicated upon combat, mm. so combat lay at the core of most role playing experiences. Call of Cthulhu comes out of a time and a game system which you know very much built on that, and so as a result, it's much more of a function of the game than it is the, the source material it comes from. You look at Lovecraft stories, and you know it's not full of you know groups of, of five disparate characters wandering around with shotguns and dynamite blowing shit up. Well, except just think how good it'd be if it was. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I normally carry dynamite in most. So, sure. oh yeah, this is maybe not the episode to do after the rats in the walls. Then, when it was a story about five characters, yeah, investigating but... something, then having a bunch of people blow it up, even the foundations itself. But it wasn't the people doing the investigating who carried the weapons. Down That's there. all right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they called in professionals afterwards to blow shit up. They had blown that shit is a up. Professional job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it is. Yes. <laughs> um, so, what do we think about combat? Otherwise, apart from that, I can insert a lot of expletives here. Matt, tell us about combat in Call of Cthulhu. Well, they don't appear much in my games. I know that. <laughs> I'll try not to. Um, personally. Um, I find this with virtually any gaming system, whether it be Cult, Twitch, insert shudder here of how slow that can make a system go, um, or whether it be Unknown Armies, whether it be World of Darkness. I try to avoid combat in virtually anything I play. Oh, so it's, it's not just Call of Cthulhu, you're not a fan of combat in games in general? In general. general. Oh, there's, only, there's only one game I've ever come across where I actually enjoyed combat in. Oh, really? Yeah, Beat, to, um, beat to Quarters come um, Duty oh. and Honour, because at least then it was fun. In every other game system I found, I hate it. Really, it just destroys much of my well, enjoyment. You've played of lots of systems with lots of different GMs, so we're not talk- just talking about one person that you haven't got on with. So, what is it about combat that you found that uh, so disengaging or uninteresting? Well, I play for stories and I play to solve puzzles. Combat is the complete antithesis of that. It's roll dice until you run out of hit points and die. There's very little engagement I get from it at all. But you don't find it's kind of a competitive thing with sort of the excitement of the kind of cinematic combat and, and so on? No, not really. I, I honestly, I honestly, it saps virtually all enjoyment out of games for me. 
The, the, about, the minute it results to picking up dice and starting to roll them to see um, to see how many hit points you do and how much you blow shit up, it just really that's the point where I sit back and go, wake me up when we get back to story and I've got some kind of enjoyment here. What about um, when you're watching films and so on and action? I mean, action scenes in films tend to divide into well, correct me if I'm wrong. I'd say combats and chases, pretty much. Yeah, it, it depends on the film. Um, if it's an action film. The thought of me sitting down and watching them would be quite uh, quite an interesting uh, interesting thought, but if it's done tongue in tongue in cheek, like let's say some of the action scenes in Red, the um, I don't remember who's in it now, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis, yeah, um, John Malkovich and such, combat in that is quite tongue in cheek, right? So it's a comic effect, yeah. Then that that's fine because that's comedy rather than just watching people beat the heck out of each other. Then that that I can sit back and have a good laugh at. But if it's like martial arts films, do nothing for me for pretty much the same reason. Oh, it's just okay. there's just no enthusiasm in, on the subject for me at all. Hmm. My, my pet peeve in games is always combat. That's why I quite like Duty and Honor because it's a very c- cinematic back and forth. But it's it, again, it's more about weaving a story, and it just happens to be told in the medium of combat rather than it's um, rather than it's just beating um, beating resources off someone else's sheet. So you're not much of a one for your traditional kind of D and D type games. I think I played D and D at uni for a few uh, for a few months, and that was about it. It's mm. it's a game that I very rarely play, and even then, the the D and D game we did play was more um, um, steered towards solving a mystery that was set in um, set in the background. Yeah, I'm trying to work well, that out. Certainly, yeah. certainly, can be the case. I mean, it doesn't have to be all about combat. But yeah, which, which typically it is. Yeah, un- uncovering the ancient mysteries that were residing underneath um, Faerun because it was a Forgotten Realms um, uh-huh. game that we were playing. Yeah. Um, so if you'd have started role playing perhaps a decade earlier than you did, you might have not have uh, got into it because I think it was mm-hmm. um, more and more about combat, sort of in the early eighties. I would have said. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I started with Vampire the Masquerade, so it was a game of politics, mystery. Well, it had the some... subtitle of a storytelling game. Yeah. I think a storytelling system or whatever, and um, I don't know. A lot of people poo-poo that, but I guess you'd say that was true then. Yeah, definitely. It's right. while while combat is a very large bit in the mechanics of the book, it's not the main focus at all. So what, about you, what, what about you, Scott? What would you say about combat in games in general? Well, I mean, I, I come from an earlier generation of gamers than Matt, and you know, just a bit. I, yeah, so I, I grew up with things like D and D, and I remember playing games of champions where you know they were one big fight scene that went on for hours, and loving those. Um, I mean, for me, I like combat in games if it's handled interestingly. I mean, that's down to a couple of factors for me. You know, whether the mechanics support interesting play. Um, you know, if it's not just a question of roll-to-hit, roll-damage. Um, and, you know, old-school old, old D&D can be a bit like that, um, you know, depending on the group you play with, and that's the second aspect. You know, if, if I'm playing with people who bring, you know, fun stuff to the table, describe what's going on, rather than just the rattle of dice and someone saying, oh, eight points of damage... Then yeah, I, I, I'll enjoy those. I, combat, I think, can be very badly handled in role-playing games. It is more often than not badly handled, but when it's good, it's good. And yeah, in some games, you know, for example, you know, the books of Pandemonium. We keep talking about those. Some of the fights and action scenes I've had in those have been some of the most enjoyable things you know I've seen at the role-playing table. Um, old school Call of Cthulhu. You know, prior to seventh edition, I played a lot of games where combat was was possibly even duller than old school D and D because 
You have that bizarre thing, and I've seen this in other games, Unknown Armies is the worst for it, of you know, you have long periods of time where it's rattle dice, nothing interesting happens. Mm-hmm. Other side, rattles dice, nothing interesting happens. Backwards and forth, and yeah, certainly you know, rattles dice, okay. oh, you're dead. I- I've heard it described as miss, 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 dead. Yeah. That could certainly be the case in Call of Cthulhu if you had two characters that were lowly skilled yeah. um, and investigate against you know another regular human um, with like 25% chance to hit or whatever and you're just going back and forth and then the one time they do hit the other person dodges yes <laughs> yeah and and yeah I find that unutterably tedious um, you know the you know in, in any combat system I don't want there to be an option for nothing interesting happens nothing you know no, nothing nothing happens is the worst possible thing to happen at the table you know, i would rather have my character set on fire dumped in a septic pit you know skinned alive and and you know dipped in orange in, in lemon juice yeah but you'd rather that happened but, anyway you know, i was, to, I was to, gonna, most, to most options i was going to say that sounds like most of the game sessions i've ended up playing with you because i normally end up on fire yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is that <laughs> there, there's something about your characters Matt, you know, they, they're so they, yeah i, 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 I I think it's the fact that they all bathe in paraffin or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. it was every Not game. Was, every game of Spirit of the Century was you gain the aspect on fire. Yeah. Every single game, every. <laughs> yes. For a year, everyone. <laughs> but but yeah, it, uh, things like that are a lot more interesting than nothing happens. Yeah, so nothing happens is a problem. I mean, I think if um, if if, uh, if if you're in combat in an action scene. At some point, something is going to happen, whether it takes uh, a second or 30 seconds or a minute or two. Um, somebody, some, something is going to happen. Uh, either you're both going to fall over and, you know, crack your heads against the wall because you're both so inept, you just fall against each other and fall over. And I mean, if we were fighting in, in this shed, we'd be crashing into... We might, neither of us might land a good punch on each other. But we'd be bashing into things, we'd be falling over chairs, we'd be cracking our heads on pots, smashing our heads on the window. I believe you can cross the table to save the White Russian. (laughs) Indeed. There would be a lot of spectacular property damage. Without us being good fighters. Oh, yeah. Or, or indeed, doing a lot of damage to each other. It'd be yeah. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the three of us standing here statically throwing punches that just whiz past in the air, and it's not miss, miss, miss. So I think that the. That may happen. Some fights might take longer than others, but it's kind of cutting to the point where things do actually happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you can take it for granted that the dull stuff happens at some point during the yeah. bit. Yeah, I don't They're circling I, around each yeah. other, waiting for the moment when there's an opening. That's I don't right. want to play that for a quarter an hour. No, I, 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 don't, I don't sit down at a, a gaming table to play the dull stuff. I've got real life for that. <laughs> You can have the dear listener can't hear me, but I'm nodding away. <laughs> well, this this takes me back to when um, Mike and I gave our first presentation about Seventh Ed at Continuum. What was that? Oh, the, yeah, that 12. was two years ago. Was that? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, 20, it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was last year then. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, yes. Time flies a long year. time ago now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, only 2013, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you it's what. Because you live in the future, Scott. It is. Well, let, let's let's wait a couple of months before putting this episode out, and that way I won't sound like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll sound less like a dick. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll buy that. So, so this is one going up in December, then, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so 
Um, Mike and I gave a talk at Continuum about the uh, about seventh edition, and one of the things we decided to to talk about was combat. Um, and uh, with the uh, the in depth research and preparation we did a few minutes beforehand, <laughs> we decided that uh, we'd do a, an actual you know a physical demonstration of Call of Cthulhu combat, and that involved Mike standing up and me. Um, extending my fist to the side of his head and saying you know I try and hit you and then Mike trying to hit me while I stood stock still and, and missing we did that a few times and then you know I'm going to hit Mike on the chin and then he decides he's going to dodge <laughs> yes. uh, and that's kind of how you know I mean obviously we've played Call of Cthulhu for many years and combats can be fun but that is you know the, that, the that is a fault that I've up. seen in, in some um, some games unless you kind of inject stuff to make it fun that is yeah. kind of what is happening. And, and the the other kind of bizarre thing that I found about Call of Cthulhu Combat, I, this was the thing I'd complain about to anyone who'd listened, which, you know, wasn't many people, um, is the fact that, you know, as a profession, you could never really be a boxer in, in old school Call of Cthulhu because, you know, most of the time a fight, you know, would kill someone in the first round. <laughs> True, especially if you've got any kind of damage bonus. Oh, sorry, Bob. Oh, oh yeah, 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 sorry, you're dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's two, two or three punches, and that's it. Someone's mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> yeah. By the time Lucy and her boots. Yeah, the, how the kick skill became deadly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, she got a place in the one kick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, she was playing someone with a D6 damage bonus, and uh, yeah, that was when the kick did a D6 of damage. So, yeah. And yeah, she rolled a 12. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Boots of fury. <laughs> so, how do we make combat more interesting generally? Um, well, I mean, partly I go along with Matt here. But, you know, when I'm writing scenarios, I don't tend to assume there's going to be a lot of combat in them. Mm-hmm. Personally, um, <laughs> I, I don't actually like running combats very much in games. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it depends on the session. Um, in uh, games or in Call of Cthulhu? Well, in, in both. Um, oh. I mean, in some where, you know, they, they, there aren't going to be many rounds of combat, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite happy just for a short punch-up. But I, I really don't like big choreographed fight scenes. I, I find them a pain in the ass mm-hmm. to run. Hmm. Yeah, exactly the same here. I just I try to avoid it wherever possible in any scenario that I write. And if it comes up in a scenario, it's just yeah that I'm playing. It's yeah, just wake me up when it's finished. Or I try to build it. Or as we get to a point in one particular game we're playing at the minute, uh, designing a PC that is deliberately statted over the top so it can destroy anything that it comes across and just end it here and now. Or possibly not anything. Well, it works so far with Matt not. I shoot anything that starts to monologue and it cuts the combat dead well, straight human, away. human NPCs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nearly work with a vampire. <laughs> well, I'm going to stand up for combat, so I think they're good fun. Um, oh, good. I think if they're, if they're run well, I think, I mean, I like, um, you know, I like martial arts films. Um, mm. I like combat in films. Um, and um, a good, exciting combat in a game, I think it's hard to beat. I think it's uh, yeah, great I mean, fun. I, I enjoy them as a player. As a, I, I don't know what it is. As a GM, I, I don't enjoy running fight scenes. Um, I, it, it depends. I, if, if, it's, if it's something fairly quick, then yeah. But I, I don't want to run a long fight scene. But as a player, I'll quite happily play long fights. Well, I think it's, it's fun for as long as it stays exciting. Yeah. Um, once the... Uh, if, if there's no sort of sense of risk and excitement, then... Yeah, it just becomes a process of um, you know attrition and, and wearing yeah. down the hit points or whatever. And that's very dull. 
Um, but um, if it's exciting and you're getting some, you know, interesting uh, movements and action going on in the scene and different people are involved and things are at risk and so on, I think it can be, uh, well, it's an action scene. So yeah. it can be very exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's a game and, and you know, I have seen this happen more often in Call of Cthulhu recently where, as I was saying before, players actually describe their actions. And more, more to the point, if there are options available to them, either mechanically or if it's kind of worth their while trying to do different things, you know, like disarm their opponent, knock them to the ground, you know, rather than just do the same fighting manoeuvre over and over yeah. again. Uh, they, yeah, if if movement and terrain is a part of it, then that makes it a bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I've had too many dull combats over the years to to get too enthused about them in games, um, with, with rare exceptions. Yeah, I mean, when I'm um, planning a scenario, I don't plan combat scenes, um, so I don't think all the players are going to have a combat at this point yeah um but i will stat up um non-player characters and monsters with a view to them being in combat um but you know i won't i won't know when or if that's going to happen necessarily yeah I mean, you're thinking of the most two recent examples of cyrus i've written without giving any spoilers um, one of them is a very social scenario where I've pretty much envisioned very, very little to next to no combat at all. In fact, combat, in inverted commas, in that would take place more as a social um, sort of little conflict rather than combat, where you'd get into arguments rather than start breaking your fists up and smashing one another. Mm. And the other one has an inbuilt, um, almost a reset button the minute that a combat starts. But it has the potential that it can reset the whole scene and um, cut the combat dead straight away. So no, I try, whenever I try to design scenarios, I, I don't necessarily think about combat. But if I do, if I know that there's going to be a moment of conflict or confrontation coming up, I try to make it as swift as resolution as possible. Hmm. I, and I, mean, I think there's also the fact that in Call of Cthulhu, particularly, I think combat for me represents the failure of all other options. You know, if, if again, there are exceptions to this, but I think if you get into a fight in the Call of Cthulhu game. That's an act of desperation. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not like D and D where you know, you, you, you're going off monster hunting or trying to gather treasure or something like that. Um, you know, in Call of Cthulhu, I think generally you should be up against forces which are so dangerous to fight directly mm. that you know doing so is an act of desperation and lunacy. Well, it depends. Often the thing you're up against, um, there are human. Uh, cultists or you know people that are involved in that and being in combat with them um, whilst it wouldn't be a first recourse it's not necessarily a last resort it's some um, something that you know can well happen I mean these as investigators in in the game um, much like characters in films you're put in uh, very extreme situations and in extreme situations sometimes you know talking isn't enough and you know you've got to force your way out of a situation or into a Situation and you know, combat is perhaps the only course. Yeah, oh, I, I'm not saying it should never happen, but um, it certainly shouldn't be the focus focus of a scenario in the slightest. Well, yeah, I, I hesitate to say the word "shouldn't" because you know, obviously there are different groups who prefer different things and different scenario writers <laughs> who prefer different things, and I wouldn't want to prescribe anything upon those. I'm just talking about what I personally you know, find <laughs> you know, pleasing. Yeah, I wouldn't aim for it to be the focus of a scenario, but um, I'm quite happy for it to 
occur sort of because the players kind of push right. the game in that direction. Oh, yeah, they've, they've certainly got free will. I, I more approach it when I say that it shouldn't have it in there. It's more because I'm going from, say this is again, it would be a, in inverted commas, a purist angle that I'm, I try to replicate as much of a feel as the original source material as possible. And given that, as we said, there is very little of it in there, then I don't see a place for it in my games. Yeah, one thing that I've done recently, um, <laughs> for example, with the two scenarios that I've, I've submitted uh, for Nameless Horrors, um, is that the first time I ran each one of those, I actually did so using Greg Wormsley's Cthulhu Dark. Um, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, and Cthulhu Dark has got uh, a rule in it which absolutely sets the tone for the game. A very simple, very straightforward rule, which is if you fight a monster, you die. Mm-hmm. There you are. That, that, that is the main combat system in there. So that means that you know it keeps that purest tone. That you know it stops it being a monster bashing exercise. Um, and you know I find by by prototyping Call of Cthulhu games in there that I do end up with a certain tone for the the Call of Cthulhu scenarios I write. Um, and well, that was one of the criteria for um, Nameless Horrors was that they weren't scenarios that could be easily uh, solved by combat. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean there won't be any combat in them. No, and, I mean it's, it's certainly you know in at least one of the ones that you've written, you know, and, uh, and some fell on stony ground. There's quite likely to be some combat in that. Yeah, I mean the second. Yeah, yeah, and, and really uh, yeah, with that, kind I, of pretty much intended. Um, and and I think that's the case with Bleak Prospect as well. One of mine. That, yeah, I yeah, think there, there's likely to be some combat in there. It's pretty rare that I've played a Call of Cthulhu scenario or run a Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu scenario in which there was no combat. I mean, I have. There have been some. Um, and I can remember some sessions, you know, you get to the end of and say, well, there was no combat in that. And it was kind of notable. Um, and I don't mean a big, long fight, just, you yeah. know, a few <laughs> blows exchanged or somebody just pushing somebody over or something like that. Um, but it's pretty infrequent that there's none. And I think... Part of that is the change of pace that it brings, much like a film. Um, you know, obviously there are films with no combat. We don't watch them because they're rubbish. But um, <laughs> you might not. <laughs> I was kidding, Matt. Um, but um, but most kind of Hollywood blockbuster films are going to have combat in, if not all of them. I would say. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, there is one instance I can think of relatively recently where I've run a game where there was no combat. So I'm only thinking of the reaction after it must have been what, eight hours of running through straight over three days. More, no, more than eight hours, probably closer to twelve. I only picked up the dice once. Hmm. Uh, that was for Amaranthine Desire. Again, one of the ones going in the uh, Nameless Horror Collection. Uh, Message of Art had no combat at all. Well, you're doing it wrong. Well, I thought it was a wonderful ending. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I guess the other thing that sort of feeds into this is the fact that, you know, unlike a lot of other role-playing games, the protagonists in Call of Cthulhu are meant to be, you know, at least initially, ordinary people. Pretty you know. fragile. Well, it's not just that, but ordinary people in ordinary professions. I mean, we're not talking about professional mercenaries or soldiers. I mean, there may be private eyes, there may be eight soldiers and stuff like that. But, you know, your, your average Call of Cthulhu investigator is something like an antiquarian. Um, and, you know, they, these are people who you don't necessarily think of as solving their problems through violence. Hmm. Yeah, they, you've, you've played Walker in the Way, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> History professors and, and whatnot. So, with 7th edition, you've 
made a few mechanical tweaks, uh, actually designed to make combat a bit more interesting. I, I, I know you've talked about those, at, you know, for example, the talk of continuum and dragon meat and so on, but uh, you know, maybe not everyone listening has heard those. Um, I mean, instead of just getting into the nuts and bolts of the mechanics, uh, should we just have a chat about the general philosophy behind that and what, they, what it's led to? Yeah, I think so. Um, one of the things that I played um, many years ago was a card game where two people would sit down and you'd have a hand of cards each and you'd just lay cards and you'd count up to 99. But there were certain cards which would reduce the total and certain cards that would bump it up to, I don't know, 98 or something. If you exceeded 99, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd lose, you'd be knocked out. And just laying these cards, it felt like, it felt like a combat because you were both trying to get to that point and you were kind of pulling back and pushing and it felt you were slamming down the cards really quickly and it felt more of a combat, more like a, like the excitement of a combat than any of the D&D games I've played. Um, and I wanted to try and kind of get that kind of feel into combat. I don't know if, if, um, if Seventh Head succeeds in that, but I think the fact that you are opposed... Yes. Um, you're... you're both sides are rolling and struggling against each other with each roll. I, and uh, yeah, I mean, what makes it work for me is the fact that with every roll, there is a definitive outcome. Well, there can be times when nothing happens, but um, normally when I pick up the dice, uh, if, we, if we're if we're both in a fist fight and we both fail, we've got an optional rule for for changing it. But the default is that nothing happens. Right, yeah, sorry, I'm used to playing it with that optional rule, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, for, for me, that keeps the combat interesting because, you know, for a start, it, it eliminates that whole whiff factor, and secondly, you know, it makes the combat run that much faster. Mm-hmm. One of the bits I remember from the early playtesting um, sessions was how damage was resolved, which I thought was a wonderful way of speeding it up, because basically the, per- the other person just became a smear a hell of a lot quicker. That on a regular success, you did... You rolled your damage as per normal. So that's if you rolled under your skill. Yeah. Normal damage. And if you roll under half of your skill, then you did maximum damage for the weapon that you did. And then if you rolled under a fifth, it was maximum plus a roll. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that beat things up considerably, but that's that's not in the final rules, is it? Not completely so. No. So um, we've got if, if you roll under your skill, normal damage. Mm-hmm. If you roll under a fifth, um, if it's a melee weapon or, or fist, it's uh, full damage without a roll, and if it's an impaling weapon, so it's kind of to di- 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 differentiate between um, knives and fists, really, and to reflect continuity with the old rules, um, that that becomes maximum damage plus another damage roll, <laughs> maxing out at the double damage like it used to. Um, but um, but I think still with the new system. Combats do run faster. Oh, they do, oh, definitely, yes. yeah. Much faster. But, they, I mean, they're, they're, you know, one of the criticisms that came up from people I, I noticed online, and it was <laughs> tellingly mostly people who hadn't actually played the playtest rules, was that the, you know, the rules had become a lot pulpier um, and that it was much harder to kill investigators. Um, and I, you know, this, this seems to be entirely contrary to my experiences. Mm. I, I don't think you made, you know, combat more or less deadly it's just faster yeah you got you got to the point where someone became a smear a lot lot faster than you would yeah you i mean in the old system you got to a resolution in the new system you get to a resolution it's it's not 
not necessarily more deadly um, or, or less. It, it's yeah. just, it's just resolved a bit yeah. quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, which which I approve of wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. The other major change is the amalgamation of some of the, the skills. So um, in previous editions we had um, punch, kick, headbutt, and grapple. Grapple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've amalgamated punch, kick, and headbutt into just um, brawling skill. So because I think if one's in combat. You don't really want to stop and sort of think, am I going to throw a punch, am I going to kick, am I going to headbutt from a tactical point of view, which I, which I see players doing. And if they've got 10% in headbutt, they're never going to headbutt. I, and, and also, you know, the, the, I mean, the thing that I found, and I'm sure there are differences to this, um, particularly with headbutt, but the, you know, people would put their skill points in one of those and that's the skill they'd use. So they'd always punch or yeah. they'd always kick. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, the, the the optimal players, you know, optimising players would say put all their points in kick, or it was slightly more expensive because it had lower base than, mm. than punch, but it did more damage. And so, yeah, they just basically go into combat and kick everything in sight. You know? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it was like a bloodbath version of river dance. <laughs> so you weren't. I was thinking of football for uh, football riot. <laughs> so you weren't kind of visualising the combat and thinking, what would I do in this situation? Somebody's got you, you know, their hands around your neck. You know, through a window, and I kick them. It's yeah. like, well, how would you kick them? Through the plasterboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, your feet are that powerful, <clears throat> they go through the wall. So, the point of the brawl skill being just anything, really, because in combat, you use your elbows, your knees, um, your teeth. You know, your head, mm-hmm. your, your teeth, uh, your feet. Pull hair. Anything, really. Yeah. Gouge eyes. Needle, yeah. Needling the balls is always one of my favourites. Yeah, there's a reason why, um, you know, in the uh, what's it called, the uh, bare knuckle boxing, you know, the, you know, I, I assume is is true. You know, they sort of say no eye gouging and things like that. Well, because you know what, if it was in the street, there would be eye gouging because nobody yeah. says no eye gouging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want to win a fight, you fight dirty. Hmm. I would imagine you just do whatever you can. Yeah. Um, well, and that's if life and death. So uh, on the few gentlemen's yeah. rules. On the few occasions I've been in real fights, which I haven't for about thirty years, but on the few occasions I have, yeah, I've fought incredibly dirty. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's nothing to do with fair play. It's just a question of you know trying to stop the other guy hurting you before you get too badly hurt yourself. That's why I say a good swift kick to the uh, kick to the groin is always a good way of solving it. Works uh, in Pale Rider. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily work that way in a real fight because you can't necessarily get a clean blow and you don't have time to think about it. Duh. Well, oddly yeah. enough, it shows you how many times I've got involved. Yeah. <laughs> so what I wanted was the brawl skill to just encapsulate whatever you felt was appropriate. So um, it allows the player just to react and say uh, what they're doing. So if, um, if, somebody, if you're creeping through the, the corridor, Matt, in the old creepy house... And um, you pass a dark doorway, and just as you're passing, um, something leaps out at you. What do you do? Run like hell. <laughs> Shri- but, um, shrieking like yeah, a girl. Yeah. And as you turn, there's another one facing you, about to punch you in the face. Faint? No! Come on, get into combat! <laughs> do, do I get any bonus dice for shitting myself? <laughs> See what I have to put up with this <laughs> See what I have to work with. <laughs> Remember the subject, combat. Now I'm going to ask you again. 
Well, after having failed to run away and being tucked into yes, a corner. Yes, they caught you, uh-huh. arrested you to the ground, and he sat on your chest and he's going to stab you. You try to talk your way out of it. Yeah, that's, there you go, resolve it. <laughs> <rationally. stab> you. <laughs> You're now dead. <laughs> Ten minutes has gone by, and you've used a super new quick, speedy character generation system, and you've got a new character. Uh-huh. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> As a segue into Scott's new game. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, I'll link to that from the show notes if I remember. <laughs> Scott, work with me. <laughs> okay. more well, white like, Russian. well, first thing I do is cast a trapped fish. Oh. <laughs> As you should do. Confusion, it always gets them. Okay, you've got halibut in your hand. No, I'm not using that. Well, they've got dangerous, they've got big old spines on them. You can easily tear some flesh out with them. If I had one, I would. <laughs> mental, <laughs> mental note, sit further away from the Right, we're going to go back and we're going to record that bit again. No, we're not. No. <laughs> so, you, you were asking me a question. Okay, so, so yes, this figure's kind of stepped out from the shadows. Yes. That one. Um, I mean, obviously, the first thing I do is try running away. Uh, but yeah. you, no, you, you get to the door and it's, yeah. it's, it's locked. Um, then it's a dead uh, end corridor, and the guy's coming at you. Then I'll look for an improvised weapon of some kind. Yeah. I'll okay, look, so look. they would probably ask for a luck roll. And yes, there's a there's an umbrella stood in the umbrella stand right next to you. In, in which case, yeah, I grab the umbrella, uh, hunker down a bit as this thing's charging towards me, raise it up, and try to stab the umbrella into its midriff. There we go. So what we didn't have was a kind of um, I punch him, yeah, or I kick him. We've actually got something we can kind of visualise. And what I wanted from the brawl, so that that could be covered with brawl skill. You're just using a an improvised weapon. Okay, there's there's no, we don't need to have a specialist umbrella skill. Um, if it's just simple improvised weapons, you know, like a simple knife or a club or something, it just comes under brawl. So if I'm in my kitchen and um, somebody breaks in, I'm not going to think, oh, I won't pick up the kitchen knife because I don't have a knife skill. Yeah, you just grab whatever you can. Yes. Yeah, I've got 25% chance, less chance of hitting with this knife than I have with the same hand if it's not holding a knife. That makes no sense. So, yeah, a lot of what... I, yeah, certainly a lot of what I try to do in a combat, uh, both in real life and in a game, uh, is, you know, do various things to try to stop the other person hurting me. And this, you know, might include knocking them over, um, you know, using terrain, uh, you know, trying to get on the other side of a door. Kicking, get the, the, kicking down a flight of stairs. Yeah, get the, yeah weapon, get the weapon off them, that kind of thing. Which, again, you know, there's no specific skill for. Well, I guess uh, in under the old rules, we would have um, used grapple. Uh, so as a keeper, when I ask what you're doing, and this would come under the, the heading of declaration of intent, um, you say what you're doing, and as keeper, I would say, OK, that sounds like a punch roll, or OK, that sounds like a... Um, sorry, not a punch roll, but a brawling roll. Yeah. Um, and yeah, most of those manoeuvres come under the category of just a brawling roll. Um, you know, your chance of pushing them down the stairs or punching them or kicking them. The outcome is pretty much... Well, if if the in- intent is to cause damage, the outcome is pretty much the same. You roll your damage. So whether you narrated it as a, a headbutt or a kick or a punch, um, mechanically, the effect is the same. But story-wise, you know, we're building up stories, so you don't have to tactically choose which one to use. 
Yeah, and, and one thing you've brought in uh, as well, which affects this, um, is this whole idea of build. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if you're trying to find someone who, you know, has got, say, 18 inches in height and 150 pounds on you, then, you know, charging into them uh, is not going to be as efficacious as if they're the same size or smaller than you. This is why you try to talk them down. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not talking about talking. <laughs> talking about fighting. I will be the voice of reason here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the build uh, aspect kind of ties very much into the categories of damage bonus. So if you've got no damage bonus, your build zero, that's just the average human build. Um, and then if you've got D4 damage bonus, your build plus one. It'd be build plus two is about the biggest human. And then a child might be minus one and a, a dog or a cat or something might be minus two. So they're, they're, they're that, that kind of range. Um, if they're significantly bigger than you, you can have no hope of um, affecting them with fighting manoeuvres. You, you so, mean I can't rugby tackle a dark young? That's why it's in there, Scott. <laughs> Just because someone would try and do it. You I'm looking try, at you. <laughs> but you wouldn't be successful. Uh, yeah, but but it's the effort that counts. It is. Yeah, That's what you get the gold star for. <laughs> I've got a whole wall full of those at home. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Um... So one of the things with, uh, let's say, let's take disarming somebody, um, you know, something's got a club and they're trying to strike you with it and you try and disarm them or a knife or whatever. Um, Yes, you might grab their arm or, you know, the hilt of the weapon, but are you actually strong enough to, you know, lever it out of their hand? Or do they just laugh and pick you up with their arm um, with you dangling from it? And build kind of incorporates that. Mm. Um, so it, it was kind of trying to encompass a lot of things because they could be so dexterous that they kind of you know dance out of your way and evade you grabbing them, or they could just be so strong that you could grab them and it would make no difference. I've got, um, the, I've got the image of them holding someone at arm's length and the arm not being able to, um, even though they're swinging yeah. punches, they're not <laughs> yes. able to hit. Very scrappy do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to go there. Let me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> well, that's completely killed the conversation. <laughs> but build, yes, it's a good it's a good way to replicate that. One important part of melee combat in old school Call of Cthulhu is the dodge skill, mm. um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I started running Call of Cthulhu thirty years ago, um, and I'm I've probably had more problems getting to grips with dodge than anything else i mean even the grapple rules just knowing when it's appropriate to dodge and you know um not 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 having dodge just you know um turning every combat into a complete damp squib yeah especially when you've had a few rounds of nobody actually achieving a, a, a successful hit and then um you do get a successful hit and then somebody just dodges yeah that is yeah, I must admit, dodge is one of the skills that I always have on my hit list of I will put a load of points into this. Especially, especially with how it works in in the new set that it has that edge when it comes to resolving ties. Well, that's even even more justification for now to me to plug even more points into it. Well, I mean, it was intended that dodge could you know it be for someone like you who wanted to evade combat quite literally um, and be good at dodge and be able to avoid and, and flee. 
Um, so if, if you're attacked in a melee combat, you get the option, you can either dodge, and that encompasses anything whereby you're just avoiding taking damage. So I don't see why that shouldn't include parry as well. I mean, yeah. whether I parry or dodge, the outcome is the same. I've avoided taking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can describe it as uh, using um, the, the the shaft of the broom that I'm holding to, to knock the blow out of the way, which strictly would be a parry. Yeah. Um, or I could describe it as dodging. It doesn't really matter. Oh, or using the scenery in general. You know, you have yeah. to fight in a forest and you, know, you, you duck behind a tree as someone's trying to swing a punch at you. That'd be dodge. Yeah. You're avoiding, you're avoiding uh, the combat. Yeah. So your first option is dodge. Your second option is to fight back. Um, so when you're attacked, you don't just get the option to dodge. You get the option to engage them and fight back. So as they throw a punch at you, you're, you are trying to avoid that. You're trying to duck their blow and jab underneath it yeah um which, or which, step back and kick at them which again it's much more like a, a fight actually is 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 not just a mechanical exchange of blows you know i hit you you hit me i hit you you hit me it's it's a bit more organic than that well very much so and that's that's what we're trying to replicate so you know as they throw a punch at you you know what is so as keeper you can listen to what the player's saying does it sound like they're just trying to avoid it or are they trying to engage with them but uh, yeah, I, I know you've mentioned this before. I think this is worth reiterating that yeah, I, I think the most refreshing part for me you know, for me of this is the fact that you know, as a player, I'm not sitting there worrying about what skills I'm going to use. You know, and and as a keeper, I'm getting the the players to describe the fight to me, not just tell me things in mechanical terms. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is a hell of a lot more interesting than saying you know saying I punch him. Yeah, I would. Uh, in the book, um, we've suggested that you ask the player what they want to do. Then, so that builds some story. Then you roll the dice, which kind of defines the outcome. Were they successful or did they fail? And then you throw the outcome back at them as story. So, um, you know, they were successful. Okay, well, you, you dodge behind the tree and, and the thing stuck its sword in the tree and it's trying to pull it out. What are you doing next? Or, you know, you didn't successfully dodge behind the tree, it's reached around, punched you in the head, and you're on the floor now. What do you do next? So it's always kind of, what do you do next? Yes. So it's that kind of um, story, dice, story again, rather than dice, dice, dice. Yeah, which, which makes it a lot more fun. Okay, so, yeah, I, I, I'm in a fight, say, with two cultists. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm busy, you know, trying to, you know, smack one in the face repeatedly you know, because he's got the one, he's the one with the big scary dagger uh, the other one's sort of dancing around trying to punch me in the kidneys um, how, how do we handle this? Well each time you are attacked you get the option are you fighting back or are you dodging um, so that, that doesn't run out there's not just one option to dodge but if you're outnumbered your opponent just do get some advantage once you've either fought back or dodged they're getting a, a bonus die to, to hit you so they are getting some advantage but you you, you are always making an opposed role yeah i was suddenly thinking that when you said two against one i was thinking yeah that's not pretty i've been on the receiving end of that as soon as one person lays a um, laser punch into you it's open season Ooh. Yeah. yes and you're reeling from that and you yeah it's difficult to defend against the other so yeah being outnumbered is no joke mm-hmm 
But, um, yeah, I mean, so thinking about the dodging aspect of that, though, I mean, you know, if you succeeded in a dodge there, does that give you the opportunity to disengage from the combat? So let, let's say that, you know, you've decided, you know, solve this for a game of soldiers, I want this to be a chase scene now. Can, can you just dodge out of that and run like fuck? Yeah, I think if you're not... Um... If they haven't got hold of you, you know, if they haven't got you in some kind of grip, um, and uh, it's it's on your turn in the in the combat when it comes, you know, it is a kind of a, a thing of uh, taking it in turns um, on your go. Yeah, you can turn around and flee. Um, yes. I mean, if you're in combat with some tentacled monster, then uh, you know perhaps it's going to lash out with some tentacle at you as you're fleeing away. But that's all going to be the sort of uh, starting point of a, a chase scene most likely and yeah i mean we've talked about chase scenes in an earlier episode and mm. you know the way chase scenes work i mean for a start they integrate into the combat uh quite nicely and also you know in my opinion they're as exciting as the combat which you know i, I think is a really good thing because it's it's much more fitting with the source material I, I was about to say you will find plenty more examples of running away than you will fighting in in lovecraft stories yeah Yes, and those those chase scenes, like the one in you know the Shadow of Rinsmith in particular, are, mm-hmm. are you know damned exciting stuff. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're not going to have time to play through an actual combat this session because oh, I even uh, got my dice ready. <laughs> even though they hate me, I still have them longingly ready on the table. We 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 were going to, but this has run long. Yeah. You know, who would have thought we'd find so much to talk about? But um, so. What we're going to do is, uh, next time we record, or time after that, or sometime in the future... Um, one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> we'll, we'll record a few combats end-to-end. Uh, end. So we'll do some melee combats, we'll do some gunfighting, and we may even throw some magic in as well, just to make things interesting and, you know, wow. perhaps, perhaps do, you know, perhaps even integrate a, a chase <laughs> I'm, I'm saying all this because Paul's going to be running it, and yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> so you're, I don't have to you're, worry about you're, you're sat out in the boat trying to cast your spell, and all of a sudden a deep one pops up, what do you do? <laughs> fish. Yeah. I was trying you. to avoid saying it, but you had to know. Uh, but um, no, I mean, we could even try in- integrating one with a, uh, a chase scene, but yeah, we- we- we'll give a few options at the time or we'll fill up a whole show with uh, a-, a few exciting fights. We'll do our best. And if that doesn't work, we'll just spend an hour punching each other in the face. <laughs> We'll need a, that will be again another G plus episode. For, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Google Hangout for that. A Google yeah. Hangout where you punch each other in the face. Well, it's going to be better than over the, It's going to be better than the three low burning mic How picking do I it up. Come on. Very, Matt, Matt, if I ever find out a way to punch people over the internet, <laughs> you won't be the first person. <laughs> Dull. Yeah, sadly enough, I can think I'm of sure this. Japanese are working on some, uh, you know, plug-in that, that does that. <laughs> They've got the robots and whatnot. <laughs> Yes. Although punching in you in the face probably won't be the first thing that gets marketed. <laughs> um, before we all say goodbye, let's actually remember to talk about social media this time. Yeah, rather so, than just it punching people. Does someone else want to mention everything? Because Go I'm... on, Matt. Tell us about social media. It's a great thing, and it doesn't punch you. Um, we can be found on Facebook as the Good Friends of Jackson Elias. We can be found on G+, as the Good Friend of Jackson Elias. Which is a community. Yeah, indeed. There's a page somewhere, but we don't talk about the page, the page that should not be named. Um, we're on... Are we on Twitter as well? That's yes. the Friends of Oh, that's it, yeah, because we're always... So we're on good initial terms with him, that was it. Um, are there any other social media that we use? <laughs> yeah. YouTube. You, you don't, oh, YouTube, you, of course, you, yeah. YouTube. You, I, yeah. I talk about this every week, and you just don't listen. <laughs> Do you not listen? No, I, I just think about G+, because it's the only one I actively bother going on. Um... 
Yeah, there are people that use it, just me, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, and obviously the YouTube channel as well, which, so thankfully we don't beat up our interview guest. Yeah, yeah and and that is also the good friends of Jason Elias. Indeed. Blasphemous times. Sorry, what was that? Uh, Paul Blasphemous times. Yes, and indeed, you can find us at our good home, blasphemoustomes.com. You can tell we're professionals. Indeed. Mm-hmm. This is all This is all scripted. I don't know what you're joking at. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, on, on, on that note, mm-hmm. let's get out of here before we screw anything else up. <laughs> well, good night. Cheerio. And farewell. <laughs>